नमस्ते वेलकम टू अनदर एडिशन ऑफ द भारत वार्ता वीकली आई एम रोशन कार्यपा आई हैव विद मी अभिषेक पॉल एंड नीरव खनोद्रा टू रन यू थ्रू द न्यूज एंड इवेंट्स ऑफ द वीक दैट वाज इट्स बीन अ रादर स्लिम सॉर्ट ऑफ बोरिंग वीक आई शुड से बट अ फ्यू हेडलाइंस नेवरलेस वी हैड प्राइम मिनिस्टर मोदी विजिट ऑस्ट्रेलिया एंड ही हैड अ फैंटास्टिक रिसेप्शन देयर देयर इज द सेंट्रल विस्टा इनोग्रेशन कमिंग अप एंड देयर इज अ होल कंट्रोवर्सी अराउंड दिस सेनगोल व्हिच हैज बीन इंस्टिट्यूटेड देयर and india won an archery medal in the world cup uh, and also we'll bring you some updates from the ipl with the finals uh, coming up uh, tomorrow which is sunday so we put out a couple of very interesting episodes last week by the way one on madhavrav peshwa dr uday kulkarni who is an author spoke about uh, that in fair detail with amit paranjpe and we also had uh, dimitri bechev again he is an analyst uh, he was in conversation with velina chakarova on turkey under erdogan nirav did you catch any of these episodes i caught the episode on uh, madhavrav peshwa so dr uday kulkarni has been churning out books with great frequency and i think he's completely documented this quite well in india the rulers we had like mughals in the 17th century and in the 19th century the british but in between the 18th century was marathas even like in uh, school history books a lot was devoted even within maharashtra to chatrapati shivaji who was in the 1650 1660s right but after that era where after the death of shivaji it's after aurangzeb probably reaches to like he thinks he's reached his zenith after the death of shivaji and he captures his son but the years after is not very well documented and that is not taught in school history books this is third part in a trilogy one is nana saheb peshwa and now this is mother of peshwa so it goes through like the years chronologically it's a very nice historical book uh, amit paranjpe also comes in and very well versed to the subject he asked a lot of pointed questions and very interesting questions and this is a part of series now three have been there and now maybe there'll be a fourth one as well so it's quite interesting dr kulkarni mentioned on twitter that this is one of the best conversations he's had so do check out uh, both these podcasts uh, available on all podcast platforms uh, All right, let's get on with the news uh, for the week. The Indian Prime Minister Mr. Narendra Modi visited Australia this past week from May 24th to 26th, where he met with his counterpart Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. Prime Minister Modi also addressed a gathering of about 20,000 Indian Australians in Sydney, where he spoke about the strong ties between the two countries. In an introductory speech, the Australian Prime Minister heaped praises on Prime Minister Modi for his popularity as a leader and also referred to him as the boss. Abhishek again I mean it's just a rockstar welcome wherever uh, Prime Minister Modi goes uh, I think the diaspora crowd really loves him uh, in fact uh, you know one of our guests uh, Shreemoy Talukdar has written a fantastic article in First Post on the same lines but what do you make of this visit Yeah so he's basically just concluded a three nation tour uh, now right first there was the G7 summit in Japan right where uh, he india is always like a permanent invitee uh, or a guest and then the leaders of the quad were supposed to go down to australia for a the summit of the quad right but which due to the american domestic political issues namely the debt ceiling crisis that they have joe biden essentially cancelled the summit participation and also his tour down under to australia and Papua New Guinea so along with uh, PM Modi even Joe Biden was supposed to you know have his own events conferences and meetings etc with the Australians and in Papua New Guinea so i guess both those countries were left sort of hanging by the United States and that has not gone down well 
but prime minister modi you know chose to you know go ahead with these trips and as you said he had a one of those events uh, with the diaspora in uh, the kudos bank arena in sydney right i think it was close to a sell out about uh, just under 20000 people attended that it kind of reminded me of the events he was happening having in his first term right in the us in madison square garden he had one with trump in i think in texas and then also with boris johnson in the uk probably wembley stadium i believe so yeah it's been a while since he's had one of these large events for the diaspora so i was kind of going through the coverage in the australian media in their various sort of youtube channels how was this perceived and i thought it was largely taken in a positive way i think they were quite shocked to see the popularity of a leader coming from such a far away land and getting such a reception in australia i think uh, one thing is that in most western countries whether they are in power or not politicians are politicians are not looked upon as you know someone that you go to see right for a rally or something so there's a cultural difference obviously right which is uh, and i would probably say that even in india if you take out prime minister modi i mean he's a bit of a he's in his own league right but most pop- politicians are not per se that popular so yeah it was quite interesting i think some of the media houses they had tried to cover some of the protests etc that were also happening so i saw a lot of surprisingly khalistani protests happening even in australia yeah i think it was a good sort of trip for him i mean in local news i would say good news that they talked about opening new consulates in brisbane and bangalore right so maybe that's a good news for bengaluru people who want to you know travel to australia the other thing i would say is his papua new guinea trip had a very unique photo op right or photo shot where the prime minister of papua new guinea went to touch his feet to seek his blessings uh, which was interesting i think papua new guinea although a tiny island has become quite a significant place because of the whole competition with china right and so because of its strategic location almost every major western country also has made it a priority to sort of visit there and you know have good relations with that place right with the threat of china always looming and so i think they were particularly left disappointed with joe biden electing not to you know visit that and so the visit of prime minister modi held extra significance for their you know leadership because it helped them save face right so yeah i think uh, interesting couple of uh, visits are down under and i think with that i guess the focus will now shift to the events in new delhi i guess we'll talk more about that in the next segment yeah you mentioned uh, his visits to the us right i mean i remember that speech uh, where he said may the force be with you so i mean he had uh, his typical modiisms uh, here as well he mentioned the three c's commonwealth cricket and curry and then that being 
the three Ds now, democracy, diaspora, and dosti, right? All of uh, which elicited a huge response from the crowd. Enough that even the leader of the opposition, Peter Dutton in, in Australia mentioned uh, that, you know, all the politicians were jealous that he could get such a rousing welcome with 20,000 people attending a stadium on the other side of the globe, right? Uh, pretty fantastic. And I would highly recommend that um, people read uh, Srimad Talukdar's uh, article, Why is the Prime Minister so popular abroad? Uh, for the diaspora, Modi has made it cool to be an Indian. Fantastic article. Do check it out. All right, moving on to some politics now. The new parliament building announced in 2020 is being inaugurated on 28th May 2023 by Prime Minister Modi. The Prime Minister will be placing the historic Sengol near the Speaker's seat in the new parliament. The Sengol uh, is a scepter of historical significance. It was handed over to Pandit Jawaharlal Nehru as a symbol of transfer of power from the British to Indians way back in 1947. Both the moves, uh, the inauguration of the Central Vista and bringing back the Sengol have been protested and boycotted by the opposition parties. Nirav, we saw a lot of brouhaha on Twitter about this. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, these are times I hope that there is something bipartisan that people can come together and celebrate, you know, development and history and so on. But um, yeah, it is just pretty unfortunate. So I think, see, what has happened is like the opposition is opposing things for the sake of opposing because you are opposition party. So first, on the whole Central Vista project and the new parliament, kudos to the team, Bimal Patel, the architect and Tata Projects, which executed it. So it was announced in 2020 delivered in 2023 this is fantastic this shows that you know we take out project we do projects deliver them on time and high quality that is fantastic i think there's a video going out about bimal patel talks about the whole architecture and the circle and the triangle right and uh, the whole uh, concept about the Rajya sabha and the lok sabha etc so i think that's that's fantastic I, i'm really happy that this was some project which they said that they are going to do very high profile one deliver in time and the old buildings edward lutians decided like the capital would move to new delhi in 1912 and the old parliament building was built by 1920 or 21 so it's a hundred year old building it's lived past like its uh, utility right and uh, maybe we see an expansion or delimitation of number of seats in the future so it has like bigger bigger halls also like for common sessions they all can be in like the same room uh, the Lok Sabha and the Rajya Sabha. So I think this is a fantastic thing. This, is, this shows progress. Now coming to the Sengol. The Sengol was given by a Shaivite mutt from Tamil Nadu. And this was a practice in the Cholas, during the Cholas, right? And uh, this was a symbol which was given to Jawaharlal Nehru. So from Mountbatten handed it over to Jawaharlal Nehru, symbolizing the transfer of power. This was an epochal moment in Indian history, right? That you've gone and become independent. It symbolizes that. Now, for whatever reasons, this was uh, put in Allahabad Museum and put as like Nehru's walking stick uh, being there. Maybe people, they didn't care as much. Maybe the leadership at that time didn't care as much. Actually, it's very fascinating that it was about two years that they were looking up articles from 1947 and uh, looking at all the things which were handed over or the events which happened. And from even the Time magazine pictures, this was seen, discovered. And then they looked around for it. And because it was not very well documented, finally they found that it is in Allahabad Museum. And now they are restoring it within the parliament next to the speaker. So now this is the symbol of the ruling person in power. Maybe there could be like a handing over ceremony each time uh, one prime minister changes to the other. or I don't know how they will look at it. But it's a very nice thing. We are going back to ancient traditions, how we can be 
traditional and modern at the same time. We have like modern new building with great facilities, a state of art new parliament building, and also carry forward our own old traditions. So I think this is also quite a pleasing thing. See, now the thing is that oh, it was Nehru's walking stick. How can you use it, etc. But it was a part of the government of India. It was there in Allahabad Museum. So let us forget the bipartisanship. Think about it as a heritage from our Chola kings. We had a diff uh, different episode on that as well earlier. So I recommend all uh, listeners or viewers please uh, check that out. But we are trying to maintain our traditions and embrace modernity at the same time. I don't think that there is any issue. In fact, all of these things should be celebrated. And uh, controversies apart, I think a lot of opposition politicians uh, chose not to attend the uh, are choosing not to attend the inauguration. See, this parliament building is for all politicians, all political parties. Everybody will attend there. And again, this is for India. This is not for BJP. This is not for Narendra Modi. Modi will cease to be prime minister at some point in time. In future, there could be another party which could win an election. And they will again be in power and use all of these things. So uh, we should not think of these things while kudos to Modi and the whole team. I specifically want to highlight Bhuvan Patel and Tata projects for building this in time. And that's a great thing. But it is the whole team effort and it is for all people of India, right? And all parties. So I think controversy aside, I think people are looking at it. We just had elections in Karnataka. We saw peaceful transfer of power. It's not... This is not a banana republic where uh, somebody or this is not a dictatorship. We are not our uh, Western neighbor, Pakistan, you know, where there's a lot of violence each time there's a change of power or whatever. I think this is a nice democratic society. In fact, India is like actually where democracy works best. Maybe it's noisy. It is loud. It, it can be like very uh, venomous or like at least on online social media. It, it, it can be very acerbic. But it actually works. We see free, fair, transparent elections held and we see parties come and go out of power and then that's how we move ahead. So uh, both these things I think should be celebrated and uh, I'm really happy for this event. Yeah, we did cover the Central Vista project uh, in episode 114 with uh, Nirav, of course, and Ashish Chandorkar uh, speaking in uh, fair detail about the project, why it was necessary and what are some of the key features and so on. Uh, do check out that. As you mentioned, Nirav, I think it's a nice balance between modernity and tradition, right? Uh, it's rather unfortunate that uh, something of so much of civilizational significance was uh, termed, uh, you know, golden walking stick and kept in a museum, right? I mean, there is still a lot of decoloniality that has to occur for us to be completely free of these shackles, I suppose, uh, right? Pratamesh Javkar, a 19-year-old, has won gold at the Archery World Cup uh, in uh, Shanghai. Javkar defeated world's number one Michael Schlosser of the Netherlands to win the top spot. This is India's first gold medal at the Archery World Cup since uh, 2015. Very positive news, uh, Nirav. I mean, again, any non-cricketing sports, uh, you know, being in the limelight is, is always a positive thing. And we have a proud tradition of archery as well, right? So, what do you see happening here? Oh, great. I think this is... Obviously, fantastic news. Uh, Prathamesh Jaukar is again like a 19-year-old. And now we're seeing India like delivering at a lot of sports. I hope he's like the next uh, Neera Chopra and actually wins a uh, Olympic gold as well. Yeah, but we have the Asian Games uh, later this year in Hangzhou. Right? And uh, we have Olympics next year. So hopefully he does get us a medal. Uh, I just want to maybe put in a qualifier. Like for 
various seasons apparently the top archers from korea did not participate they are the ones who dominate the olympics these international athletic meets are uh, usually like all amateur events and there's not a lot of prize money but despite that fact prathmesh came first amongst all the people who were competing right maybe uh, the others who did not compete missed out and uh, it's a good thing he's 19 years old he's got like a fair bit of a career in front of him i think india is investing well among in the stars in athletics and all these events uh, specifically the olympic gold quest is something which i would like to highlight and they're giving all these talented people a lot of resources best coaching and now we're seeing the results come up so neeraj chopra was obviously the first one and uh, for the asian games and uh, in the next olympics hope we improve our tally from the previous olympics and previous asian games so yeah fingers crossed it's a very positive news and uh, Yeah, I think archery. We've got a great tradition about it. Uh, hopefully, we see a lot more people pick it up. I think obviously cricket gets the most amount of uh, uh, sponsorship money and all of that. But uh, all of these events as well, I think uh, people with different skill sets or different interests uh, pick up more sports. That's always happening. Yeah, I think sports is one of those uh, you know arenas where it takes many decades to sort of develop talent, right? I mean, you look at any of the ecosystems that have sprung up, whether it is badminton, you know, it's it's been twenty, thirty, forty years in the making, uh, right? Or even cricket, for example. So yeah, I mean, this is a po- very positive trend, and uh, let's see. I mean, hopefully, we have fantastic archers uh, coming out of uh, this in the future. We'll end with some updates from the IPL. We have the finals happening tomorrow, May twenty-eighth. Uh, it's between Gujarat Titans and CSK. Being from Bangalore, it's uh, another year of heartbreak for us. Isala also not cup namde, right? Plenty of memes doing the round. Uh, uh, kudos to uh, our uh, former captain Virat Kohli. I mean, he's had a fantastic series, no doubt about it. Scored a hundred in the last match as well, but. Uh, you know unfortunate you know not a single bowler looked like he wanted to get wickets right i mean seriously they just looked like a bunch of folks who were trying to get through the motions uh, lesser said about rcb the better i suppose i mean i hope they get their team selection right uh, next time and have some decent bowlers in the lineup uh, for god's sakes right uh, maybe a rejig of the top order as well top and middle order uh but abhishek uh, gujarat titans uh, you know shubman playing fantastically well right uh, uh, go up against uh, csk csk with uh, this being dhoni's last uh, series right so who do you have your money on i think uh, i would say at home gujarat is probably the favorite i think uh, they clearly have the better team uh, in my view but on that given day anything can happen especially with this probably being last match of ms dhoni so you never know but one has to commend shubman gill for his form i was just looking at his scores so in his, in the last six matches he's got a 90 not out and 300s so just imagine and this is in a format where you have to basically hit from the start right it's not like he's in a good form in a test series right he's just in a sublime form in a t20 uh, tournament and he's playing uh, at pretty high strike rates it's not like he's going at 110 120 he's consistently over 150 uh, strike rate so tremendous performance i mean it gives me a bit of optimism for later in the year that he will continue his form and maybe help us win the 50 over world cup yeah 
I would like say bet on Gujarat Titans. But CSK they did very well in Chennai. They won six out of seven games there. In their away games in the group stage, out of the seven, uh, they only won two. So they got a six versus two, and uh, they the first qualifier was in Chennai, which they won. So now the next one, which is the final, is in actually in Ahmedabad, where Gujarat Titans home ground. So I think uh, this season now we are as IPL is progressing. We are also seeing this home and away advantage and all those kind of things. So yes, and uh, maybe uh, Gujarat Titans has a more balanced team. So, but on that day, T20 is a format which can be very unpredictable. On that day, anything can happen. So yeah, will be interesting final. All right. Uh, with that, we come to the end of the weekly. Uh, I hope you liked the content. If you do, then don't forget to subscribe to us, follow us on your favorite platform to stay updated. We publish uh, content on politics, policy, and culture. Uh, we do a couple or more episodes every week. Um, and if you really, really like this episode, don't forget to rate and review us. Also, share it with your friends and family. We have a superb episode with uh, Peter Zihan, uh, who is a geopolitical analyst. Uh, uh, and he's been in conversation with Velina Chakarova in the Velina's talk series. Uh, and they're talking about mapping the collapse of the global order. Uh, sounds rather ominous, but uh, very interesting discussion. Uh, that's out next week. Until the next weekly, from Abhishek, Neeram and myself, uh, do stay safe, take care and see you soon. Jai Hind.